Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 22 is entitled Wants versus Desires. Reference books show wants and desires as synonyms because we are often very imprecise in our language. We confuse wants with desires. In this podcast, Linda and I shall present 10 defining attributes or characteristics of desire for you to ponder. Here is attribute number one. One, we sometimes get what we want, but we always get what we desire. Wants can be generalized, and it will be found that most of us have similar wants. Satisfying people's wants is what makes billionaires. Wants or instant gratification create a very strong drive. All of us have experienced watching children, whether our own or others, throw tantrums because they didn't get what they wanted. The tantrum may have been stimulated by a toy or piece of candy or some other eye-catching attraction they happened to come across on the store aisle while their parents were shopping. In the following list of synonyms, see if you can distinguish between wants and desires. Wish for, long for, yearn for, hope for, care for, pine for, sigh for, Hanker after, fancy, be bent upon, set one's heart upon, need, require, necessitate, demand, craving, appetite, inclined toward, prone to, hunger, thirst, relish, lust after, importune, entreat, urging, beseeching, begging, imploring. The list, of course, could continue. Rodell's Word Finder, my reference book of choice, offers many other synonyms for want and desire without distinguishing between the two. But what if I said that all the synonyms above describe wants and none describe desire? Would you accuse me of dissembling? In effect, I am asking you to redefine desire. We are apt to trivialize desire by defining desire as something we really want. However, desire is not an intensified want or a physical necessity. Let me continue by presenting the second attribute of desire. 2. Want is physical or temporal. Desire is spiritual. Wants generally appeal to the senses. Advertisers know that. They are ingenious at packaging their products. They appeal to sight, sound, touch, taste, smell, and feel. They also appeal to vanity, sexual stimulation, and other less noble characteristics of human nature. Stimulants favor wants. Look at any display. We generally connect sexual stimulation to desire. But, by my definition, sex appeals to the natural man or to wants, not desires. Once we start looking at wants as natural or temporal and desires as spiritual, the words take on a new meaning. In other words, wants appeal to the natural man, desires appeal to the spiritual man. I will add the third distinguishing characteristic. Three, everyone knows their wants. Our economy is based on that fact, but few know their desires. Our comfort is based upon our wants. 
but our salvation is based upon our desires. Desire should not be confused with want or hope or dreams or goals or plans arrived at by reasoning or ambitions. Wants motivate us, but desires drive us. Wants are of the flesh, desires are of the spirit. Though it is possible that desire motivates those ambitions, it is not through necessity. Many forces affect our goals. However, we must look at desire not always as an out-of-control passion, as a lustful glance, or even as a long-awaited goal. To understand desire, we must remove all planners, all designs, all goals, all dreams, and all sensuality. We must remove everything imposed by our society or provided by reason, ambition, appetites, passions, or established programs. Let me present the fourth characteristic of desire. 4. Desire is the catalyst for action and not the action itself. To realign your wants, you must conquer your flesh and overcome the natural man. To realign your desires, you must change your spirit. Desire is not a method or plan or program or act or response or achievement or anything established by reason, responsibility, logic, or calendared events. Just as the earth has an invisible molten core that affects the electromagnetic pull of our planet, so does our heart harbor our hidden desires that affect what we draw into our lives like a fierce gravitational force. As the planets revolve around the sun by invisible threads, so do our lives revolve around our desires. That leads to the fifth distinction. Five, words reveal self-deceit, but spiritual consequences reveal hidden desires. If we ignore the fifth distinction between wants and desires, our lives will forever be caught up in the fool's whirligig of time, as mentioned in Shakespeare's play Twelfth Night, and we will live in eternal confusion. Our wants compete for our attention. We often measure our wants by how much sacrifice we are willing to make to achieve them. A fine car, a big house, a bigger boat, and so on. Our desires, however, compete for our soul. Here is the sixth attribute of desire. Six, desires cannot be purchased with money, nor can desires be detected by the five senses. It follows, then, that anything that can be detected by the five senses or purchased with money is a want, not a desire. I want a bigger boat. I want a larger house. I want a newer car. I want a happy marriage. I want to be rich. I want to graduate from college. The following attribute is one of the most important attributes of desire. 7. One may control his or her wants, but one is controlled by their desires. That reflects on attribute one. We sometimes get what we want, but we always get what we desire. There's no saying, be careful what you wish for. Wish is the wrong word because wish describes wants. A more accurate rendition would be, be careful what you desire. I will present the eighth distinction, which is the great paradox between want and desire. It appears contradictory, but unfortunately it is true. Eight. Some desires are things that you would never want or wish for. Does that seem like a very strange statement? Here's the paradox. Failure is desired as often as success. Unhappiness is desired as often as happiness. And captivity is desired as often as freedom. It is easy to verbalize our wants, but it is difficult to verbalize our desires. That is because wants are transparent. 
Desires are often hidden, sometimes even suppressed or camouflaged to look like something they aren't. We often use noble language to hide hidden desires. We're more likely to hide our desires than our wants. Therefore, deceit often lies in hidden desires. The ninth attribute of desire is often bypassed, but it reveals the very nature of God himself. Nine, strange forces of nature grant wishes of the body, but God grants desires of the heart, whether for our eternal destruction or our eternal exaltation. It is according to the law of justice and the law of agency. God cannot take away our agency or our free will. We are judged for our works because our works, though they may supply our wants, reflect the desires of our spirit. Many will ask God at the judgment bar, Why did you allow this or that to happen to me? And he will answer, Because you desired it. Wants are often frivolous things that, like the day flowers, spring up, appear breathtakingly beautiful for a day, and then disappear from memory. Desire, however, is deeply spiritual. Its invisible life is long-lasting, and its prophetic fulfillment certain. Just as there are good wants and bad wants, there are good desires and evil desires. We must discern between righteous desires and unrighteous desires. Desires are ultimately born out of our commitment to serve God or Satan or to serve others or self. We need to know the source of our desires. The Lord said, Psalms 37.4 Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. If we do not delight ourselves in the Lord, then our desires, born out of lust, may condemn us. Desire never comes by reason alone. In fact, desire, like love, has little to do with reason, as Puck says in Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream. And yet, to say the truth, reason and love keep little company together nowadays. As with love, so it is with desire. Few things reveal our natures, tell our fortunes, expose our secrets, or interpret our past more than the fulfillment of our desires. That leads to the tenth attribute of desire. Ten. To know ourselves, we must first know our desires. Inscribed on the Temple of Apollo at Delphi were three maxims. One, know thyself. Two, nothing to excess, known as the golden mean. Three, certainty brings insanity. The most famous of the three maxims is, know thyself. One cannot know himself or herself unless one knows his or her desires. We advertise our wants. Often we willfully boast of them, dependent upon our audience, even if they are unsavory. But we often hide our desires, even from ourselves, sometimes for shame, for we know that our desires are unbecoming of our station. Those who know their desires before they are realized must first know themselves. Those who do not know their desires are surprised by their actions and confused by their destiny. Wants fill our lusts, but desires portend our future. We are tempted by our wants, but we are driven by our desires. As the spirit is placed in the body to give it life, desires are embedded in the spirit to give it direction. Wants form a wishy-washy path like the flight of a butterfly that flits from flower to flower. Desires design our path, and like the bee makes a beeline to our final destiny. 
In fact, nothing can reveal our future better than our desires. We often have the power to ignore our wants, but we never have the power to ignore our desires. We follow a crooked path toward our goals, but like an arrow, we fly straight toward our desires, and we never fail. Our desires are often expressed in our actions, both our successes and our failures. It is for that reason that we generally hide our desires, even from ourselves. When Christ said that, The truth shall make you free. He was, among other things, speaking of being free from evil desires. Man may attempt to enslave the mind and body. The devil will attempt to enslave the soul. But truth trumps evil desires. Seek truth and desire will be guided by light. Light and truth are inseparable. Seek evil and desire will be guided by darkness and confusion. We are often at war with what we desire to become and what we want to become, with what society or family or church expects us to become and what we are actually becoming. In most cases, rather than alter our desires, we dress up our desires in the fads and fashions of the day. And as we play out our fantasies, prescribed by our desires, we mock our actions even while satisfying our lowest desires. Every false front hides a surreptitious desire. Many people have run toward destruction while filling their head with noble thoughts and conscience pleasing platitudes. To alter the Greek maxim, know thyself, Perhaps we could substitute, know thy desires. To know thyself reveals what you are. To know thy desires is to reveal what you will become. It is for that reason that our first desire should be to please God. Many of us are so desirous to please others that like the foolish old farmer and his son in Aesop's fable, the jackass ends up riding the master. Desire motivates the journey and gives us courage to overcome the monumental challenges that bestrew our paths. Even raw nature knows that life cannot survive unless it first struggles. Desire follows the iceberg principle, partly seen but mostly hidden, even from ourselves. To recognize true desires is often very inconvenient because they betray our nobler ideals and require adjustment of behavior, even repentance. It is what the Lord means when he chooses David over the shepherd's older brothers. 1 Samuel 16, 7 But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Thoughts may form in the head, but desires form in the heart. Iron comes from the cold earth, but steel comes from molten fire. Wants are made of iron, but steel is the metal of desire. Desires greater than talent or gifts or opportunities or luck or wealth or ability. Before all these, control desire. Like an avalanche, desire drives faith and hope to overwhelm obstacles, giving no heed to their size or shape or source. Work is a measure of faith. Attitude is a measure of hope, and life is a measure of desire. Wants have the power of compelling our body, but only desires have the power of compelling our spirit. Wants have the power of prediction, but only desire has the power of prophecy. Tell me someone's wants, and I will tell you their weaknesses. Tell me their desires, and I will tell you their future.
Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.